This is episode number 33 of the Transformation Journey. I'm your host, Emiliano, and today I am excited to share with you a conversation I had with Rodolfo III. Rodolfo, or Rudy, went from being the manager of many famous nightclubs in Acapulco, Mexico, to being the creator of La Fiesta del Siglo, which is a conference about alcohol and partying that has been presented to hundreds, if not thousands, of people internationally. Today's conversation is all about alcohol and partying. Before you ask what the hell do alcohol, drinking, and partying have to do with transformation, I want to introduce you to how I am trying to approach it through this podcast. There are six main areas in which I seek to approach transformation. They are personal development, spirituality, health, finances, business, and society stuff. In this episode, you will be able to learn more about transforming health by changing your approach to alcohol and partying. As you will see, the point is not to stop drinking and partying, but to avoid undesirable experiences caused by these two. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember that by the end of it, I will be sharing with you my key takeaways, so make sure you stay until the end. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Rudy Tercero. Right, so Rudy, thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks for coming on the transformation journey. And well, I am very excited for today's conversation. We will be talking about partying, about alcohol, about drugs, about many things and how to be intelligent with those. And so I am excited to inform people about this um, important uh, subject. And yeah, so before getting like into actual uh, lessons and ideas of drinking and how to take care and all of those things, I would like you to give you an introduction to yourself to tell us a bit about who you are. But I think that a cool introduction would be if you could share the story of how you uh, went from being the manager of a nightclub to giving the conference that you are currently um, giving. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, <clears throat> thank you for having me here. I'm very happy to share this with you and all the people that is listening. Um, I used to be manager of a nightclub here in Acapulco named Baby O. Uh, I, I worked there for uh, around, I don't know, 12, 13 years, more or less. Um, I've been working in nightclubs for 22 years. It's been over more, more than 4,000 parties that I've been at. Uh, so I've seen everything, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can't tell me what happens there because I've been there. Huh? <laughs> And um, one day, I had a friend that uh, he was very worried that he's... Uh, young son and daughter were going starting to go out to parties they were like 12 13 more or less mm -hmm. and he was very very concerned because he wanted to give them some tips and some uh, advices about going out but they didn't listen to him you know mm -hmm. sometimes uh, young people it's uh, they don't <laughs> like when the their their parents give them advices especially on a yeah. party you know yeah <laughs> so he says why don't you talk uh, with them about party Because you've been there for a long time, they, they know you, um, and you're like a leader for them in, in this party thing. So why don't you tell them how to take care of themselves? Uh, because what I, what I really want for them is to go out, have a good time, enjoy themselves because they're young, and it's a great age to do that. Mm -hmm. But I want them to be safe. 
and it's very, very uh, scary out there right now. So that's how I start my journey. I start to make a lot of investigations about what happens to your body and to your um, brain with alcohol and your behavior and everything. And it was very revealing to find out that most of the people on this planet, and I'm talking about, I'm not sure, but I can tell you more than 90% of the people in this planet don't know anything about alcohol, mm -hmm. but they don't know they don't know. I know it sounds crazy and it sounds weird, but the problem with alcohol is that people have been drinking for so long that everybody thinks they're, they're like uh, professionals, no? Yeah, experts. Uh -huh. <laughs> experts. And then when you start to ask them some, uh, for some, uh, about some particular things, they don't know. So that's the problem with alcohol, that people start to, uh, they don't know how to, take, uh, how to make a decision because they don't have information. And that's how I started this journey about uh, La Fiesta del Siglo. Yeah, and La Fiesta del Siglo is your conference. And how did you start to expand, like to go from just uh, giving advice to the children of your friend to then giving this, well, yeah, creating this massive event, which you uh, give in schools or to organizations or to people in general? How did that change happen? Well, um, once uh, that I find out all of this about alcohol and I saw how many people die every year because of this, because I don't know if you know, but um, the deaths uh, because of alcohol are number one in the world. If you have between 15 and 49 years old, the number one cause of death in this planet is uh, something uh, that has to do with alcohol. Not alcoholism, but it, it could be you know accidents or a lot of things. And when I saw these numbers, And I, and, I, and I see the information that I, that I have now, I felt a very big responsibility of uh, sharing the, with, with people and spreading this message all over the world. And I felt a little bit like Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> really, because I, I say, I mean, it was like finding a, a big diamond and it was in my hands. And it was my responsibility mm -hmm. to tell everybody you know, this because I could mm -hmm. save a lot of lives. And I felt like Spider-Man because I remember that um, they say that great power comes with great responsibility. Great responsibility, yeah. <laughs> so I made this like my, um, something that I want to do for my life. And uh, I started to, to give this conference to some schools and universities. And the message was so powerful that everybody was like, wow, I, I can't believe I've been blind for so long. So mm -hmm. it, it started to develop very fast. I mean, uh, Nowadays, I, I've, been, I, I've given my, my conference uh, over more, more than a thousand times to more than one people, one million uh, people, not only in Mexico, Mexico, Spain, Argentina, yeah. United States, and it, it grew very fast. And the other thing is not, not only the, uh, the information, it's how I give it. Because I say, okay, I'm going to talk to, to uh, young people, no? Mm -hmm. And if you don't do something funny, they're going to get bored very fast. Yeah. <laughs> so the marketing that I used is, um, I said, well, what about if I'm gonna talk about party? Why don't do? Why don't do I do this in a, in a party? Mm -hmm. So I I I, give, I I go to the to the school and I have a DJ and I have a laser beams and I have smoke and I have everything and it's like a party. It's like a, it's like a nightclub, and and then I, I I give the conference in that ambience. So it's very funny. It's a show. 
Yeah, I remember when I saw your conference, even though it was uh, through Zoom, through a Zoom meeting, your background had like you're in the logo of, of La Fiesta del Siglo and also like the lighting that you had was uh, sort of, yeah, it had like the, it remembered uh, people about like a party and it had like that context. And I think that is very important because something that I have learned, especially with these interviews is that it is important how do you um, share a message. So the message itself is important, but if you don't make people want to hear that message, then they won't listen. And this is a, a very important topic. And you know about what you said um, about like when people think they are experts in this case uh, with partying and alcohol and all those things, but then they realize that they didn't know many things. I think that happens with many uh, subjects here in my podcast. I mostly talk about like self-improvement, um, business, spirituality, finance, whatever. And in those things, there are many breakthroughs that I have and that I hope my audience has to. But this is also a very important subject for like safety and for enjoyment and for health and for for many for many things. And I would like to start like getting into the actual subject of drinking and alcohol. Like, could you give us an overview of what is what it what what is what happens when like you take the first sip of beer or alcohol? and then how it gets through your body and how does it affect you? How do we get drunk? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, first of all, let me start by saying that um, most of the times the subject of alcohol has been uh, approached from the, I, from my point of view, has been approached from the wrong side because every single time someone talks about alcohol, they do it from the, from the point of view of alcoholism. I don't know mm -hmm. what, but every time that somebody tells you, hey, it's going to be a talk or a conference about alcohol, you go like, no, please. They're <laughs> going to tell me it's a drug, that I'm going to yeah. die, that I shouldn't do it, that I have to be very careful. They, they, they say that to you many, many times through your life. So everybody, I mean, most of the people, they don't want to go to those, those kind of talks, you know, so those mm -hmm. kinds of uh, conferences. So um, that was the first thing that was uh, difficult for me to, to, to make the people forget about alcoholism and focus on, mm -hmm. on the other, the other, the other part of, uh, which is the, um, the people that just drink every, every, every weekend, but they don't, they're not alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So how does it work? <clears throat> when you drink the molecule called ethanol goes to your, to your stomach. And then from there, from there to your bloodstream, it goes into your bloodstream and goes to your brain. Once it touches your brain, your brain uh, releases an, a hormone or it's a neurotransmitter named dopamine. Mm -hmm. uh, dopamine makes you happy. That's what it, everybody likes about alcohol. You start to drink and then uh, when you have your second drink, you, you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling great. I don't, I don't feel pressured anymore. I, I'm feeling happy. Um, that's the dopamine being released in your brain because of the alcohol. Now, the problem is that... Um, if you start to drink more alcohol than the one that your body can um, get rid of, mm -hmm. it starts to accumulate on your, on your bloodstream and on your brain. Um, the, human, the human body can, uh, can get rid of uh, more or less around one standard drink per hour. A standard, a standard drink is uh, seven millimeter, uh, 17 millimeters, which is uh, what has one beer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, 
just to make it easier, let's say that a human being can uh, eliminate one beer per hour. Yeah. Average. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you start to drink more uh, faster than that, the alcohol accumulates in your, in your bloodstream, and then you start to release a lot of dopamine. And that's what gets us crazy, and we start to do stupid things, and uh, <laughs> that's the reason why we forget things, and uh, we start to see everybody, you know, beautiful. <laughs> it's like, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they say that uh, alcohol is like a makeup, you know, makes everybody yeah. <laughs> pretty and stuff, and that's the reason. That's how this molecule works with your brain. And then, like, you talk about how dopamine makes you feel good. But then there are also people that when they are drunk, they are either too happy or they uh, start to feel depressed or, like, very sad. And other people who get mad and start to, you know, uh, cause conflict. Why does that happen? Does certain hormones release in different people or does it depend on the physical state of the person before he or she drank? Well, it has to do with how you feel in the moment you're drinking. That's what I say. To, I tell to the people, if you're going to drink, you have to make sure you're okay. Because mm -hmm. alcohol goes into some part of your brain where the emotions are. And it, it makes them explode. So if you're happy, you're having a good time, you're celebrating your birthday or something, you're just going to be extra happy. You know, Maybe you're going to be you know, uh, dancing on the chair or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're if you're if you're mad because you had a problem with your girlfriend, with your with your family, with your father, with someone, and you start to drink, you're gonna get very 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 mad. You know, here in Mexico we say malacopa. You know, someone that uh, just you know you just want to fight with everyone. It's, mm -hmm. it's such a bad mood that it's a it's a, you know it's it's, it's scary. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Or if you, if you have a, I don't know, if you broke with your girlfriend or you're very sad for some reason, you're going to start to cry the whole night. You're going to say, oh, I don't understand women, da, 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 you know. So mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's one of the reasons what I tell the people is very important that if you're going to drink a whole, you feel okay. You feel good. Don't drink to forget something uh, mm -hmm. that's happening in your life that is bad right now. Because that's how the people... Uh, starts to get dependent of the of the drug of the alcohol or any any drug because you link it to a negative negative emotion because mm -hmm. dopamine makes you feel good and and for a, for a moment maybe you feel good no but after that you're going to start to feel very bad and, and maybe depressed the next day or maybe mm -hmm. you can do something very stupid that's going to get you into more trouble yeah Um, recently I've been talking with two friends about like the subject of happiness and pleasure and here like the two main points of view are that like many times we do things that satisfy us, uh, you know, just in a moment to forget what the pain that we're experiencing and I think that's sort of the point here um, also with, with alcohol. And on the other hand, we have like uh, sustained happiness, which is like when we do things that makes us happy and we maybe have some pleasures, but those pleasures just add to this. Um, with alcohol and yeah, mostly alcohol, how can someone um, like in a social group manage to maybe like drink when he feels like drinking and not drinking just because of social pressure. I, I, I don't know if you get my, my point here. Yeah, well, it's, uh, 
it's very tough, especially at, uh, with young people. Mm -hmm. The social pressure exists all the time in business, okay, in weddings. And most of the time when people uh, want to drink, they, they try to force the other people on the table to drink. And you have to be very brave in order to say, no, I don't want to drink. Also, uh, I have some hacks that, mm -hmm. I, that I put in my, in my TikTok account of what to do when people are pressing, pressing you or pressuring you, I don't know how to say it, <clears throat> and you don't want to drink, but you don't want to fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I do is I say, okay, you, you have like a shot of tequila in one hand and uh, I, I, no, a dart soda on the other hand, like a Coca-Cola. And then you, you drink, you know, you make like you're drinking the tequila. And when you see, you, you take the, the Coca-Cola, you, you put it back in the Coke. And mm -hmm. nobody, nobody knows. And you just, just you go like, oh, wow, this was so strong, <laughs> you know. It's going to blow my mind. But um, mm. what, what I uh, tell the people is always try to say no. Because you have to make sure uh, you, you do what you want to do so you don't get in trouble. And, uh, but, you know, this is in an age of experimentation and um, they're going to parties to, to try to find out who they are, mm -hmm. try, to, try to belong to certain groups. So that's the reason why they start to behave like most of the people there. Sometimes they don't even like it, but they, they do it because everybody's doing it, no? Mm -hmm. So it's tough to say no and, and, and hang in there, you know. It's, you have to be very strong and have a lot of personality. And speaking about a little bit of alcohol with your last question before this one, uh, what kills people in this planet is not alcohol. It's the abuse of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And what kills is something called binge drink. And binge drinking is when you have, when men have, five or more drinks in two hours or less, or uh, women have uh, four drinks or more in two hours of, or, or less. That's what is called binge drinking, and that's exactly what kills a lot of people. Because if you drink like one, two beers every, you know, every, every week, mm -hmm. you can do it for the rest of your life. You're not even going to have brain damage, you know? You're going to mm -hmm. be okay. But the abuse of alcohol is, is the subject here. That's a problem. Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you about that, and please uh, confirm or deny what I am about to say. But when you talk about how, like, drinking is one of the main causes of death in the world, I was also thinking, like, does this cause of death involve, like, um, what you do when you're drunk? And an example would be like you're drunk, and then you get into the car and drive. Would that be well, and drive and crash? Would that be considered like? dying because of alcohol or just because of crashing no 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 it's because of if you if you crash and you were you're if you die in a car accident even if you're not driving but you were in the car with someone who was driving uh, with alcohol your dead is it's among the deaths caused by alcohol hmm. you know what i mean like a, like you go to, with with a with a you know a cousin and you're cousin your cousin is driving and he's drunk but you're not and you both die Your dad is considered among the ones that are. It like it like if a, a friend of yours hit another person and kills the other person. Yeah, that person died because of alcohol. Hmm. You know, it's not only the people that drinks; it's everything that surrounds alcohol. So that means that if we 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 tell the people how to how to drink or how to have a how to make decisions, maybe 
the people that it's uh, killed because because a car hit them is going to go low. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know what I mean? There's a lot of uh, lives that we can save if we tell the people everything about alcohol. Yeah, well, um, actually, two things that I would like you to talk about here, and these are things I ha I already heard in your conference, but which I think would be um, important to point out. And uh, the first one is that, like, why when someone is drunk, when, why when the driver is drunk, why does that person, why do drivers, why do drunk drivers many times uh, not dying? in car accidents and the people in the car actually die yeah well that happens most of the times because um a person that is very drunk doesn't have enough um well i forget about the word even in spanish but i'm <laughs> reflex reflex <clears throat> i don't know if it reflections or the reflex yeah. mm -hmm. i don't know okay they don't have enough reflex so um If that person is gonna is gonna crash and it's and and this brain realizes that it's gonna be bad, the very the, the very last uh, reflex that he has, he's gonna use it to save himself. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have time or doesn't have the brain to think about. Oh, I'm gonna put the brake and the handbrake and then I'm gonna steer the, the you know <laughs> I'm gonna save everybody in the car. No, yeah. it, they, they go like. Like this, they, 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 they turn the, the, the wheel and, uh, and, and they, they kill every, everybody else. They only have time to save themselves. That's the only thing that's remained or that's left in their brain. No? And it's, it's very sad because uh, that happens a lot, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I actually want to get into how to deal with drunk people and how to deal with people who are getting drunk. But before going into that, the other thing that I wanted to point out is that you, again, in the conference, you shared the story of a, of a girl, of a woman who was, I think it was like 3 a.m. or something, and she wasn't from here from Mexico, but she like approached you and then she went back. I, I think she was going to her hotel or something and uh, a, a truck or a car uh, yeah, it went over her. Could, could you share that story and also some, uh, some yeah. reflection you had from that? Yeah, yeah. I tell the people that everybody, we, we all have this, um, this idea, very romantic, that the party is going to be great, no? But if we, don't, if, if we don't control the way we drink, we can't go and, and, and pass to the other side of the party, which I call the, the dark side of the party. Mm -hmm. And in the dark side of the party is where all your nightmares live. Everything that you think it's never going to happen to you, everything lives there, and it's and, and it's pretty much alive. You know, it happens. And that day, it was it was seven in the morning. It was very late. People yeah. say oh, it's going to be late seven in the morning. I say yes. <laughs> we started the party at 9 p.m. the night before, mm. so we were all, almost 12 hours. No, yeah. Having... But it was seven in the morning. I was saying goodbye to some friends out there. We were outside the nightclub. And there was this girl, she, she was from the United States. Uh, she was very young, she was like 19. And she, she was walking on the Costera, which is a, a, one of the main streets in Acapulco. And she stopped in front of, in front of the nightclub. And I thought she wanted, to, she wanted to come in. 
mm-hmm. because she was all alone. And I, I thought, well, maybe her friends are inside. So I told to the doorman, hey, open, open the, the chain and let her, let her in. Mm-hmm. She, she was just staring at me. She was very drunk. She was even walking, you know, like, like this. <laughs> and she, she saw me and she said, she say no, with her hand. And point, uh, pointed at uh, Ocho that is crossing the Costera, the main street. Mm-hmm. The main avenue, actually. It's not just a street. It's an avenue. It's an avenue. Mm-hmm. So uh, I say, okay, she's not coming here. So the doorman closes the chain. She, she turns around and starts to walk to, to cross the avenue. And then she stopped uh, at the end of the sidewalk. And a, a bus uh, here in, in Acapulco stopped. To, to, to let her pass, you know? So mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. the driver telling the girl, go ahead, go ahead, no? Yeah. She realizes that these guys stopped for her and she turned around, say goodbye to me, and then she run because she knew that this guy was waiting for her to cross. Mm-hmm. She, didn't, she didn't see, uh, but in the other side of the, of the bus, it was a, a taxi was uh, traveling very fast. And when she crosses, the taxi just hit her and, and kill her instantaneously in front of me. I saw, her, I saw her body fly and I saw her body land on the avenue. I, I, I jumped the chain. I, I ran there. I, I, I was on my knees. I remember her face was almost touching my knees. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even touch her. She was dead. And there was nothing I could do for that girl. Nothing. And then I start to think like a dad, because I had three little mm-hmm. girls by that time. And I'm thinking that I'm, I'm leaving the tragedy of many, many people because this girl now is dead. She's not among us anymore. But now we have to tell some mom in the United States that her daughter is dead. You know, yeah. this is the call that you never want to hear. Okay, we have to tell some friends in school, some brothers and sisters, some cousins, some aunts. There's a lot of people that's going to be hurt for what I just live, what I just uh, see, you know? Yeah. This girl, I mean, it, it, it haunted me for, for months. Every time I close my eyes, when I go to sleep, I, I close my eyes. I, I remember her saying goodbye to me because I was the last person she saw. Then she said goodbye and then she died. So yeah. my face was the last thing she saw. And um, I felt really bad because uh, a life extinguished in front of me in a matter of a second, in a split second, she died. And she was only 19, you know. And I, I don't think it's fair because she was having a good time. She was mm-hmm. in Acapulco. She came from Palladium. I know she was drunk, but I mean, a lot of people <laughs> is drunk all the time. You don't have to die for being drunk. Yeah. So that's, that's, what I, that's my message. Like me, for example, a lot of people think that I don't drink. I do. I drink. And if I want to get drunk sometimes, I do. You know? But I do it in a, <laughs> in a, in a controlled ambience. I don't drive. Uh, I know what I'm doing. And I'm very conscious of what I'm doing. So I tell the people, make the, good, make, make, make the choices that uh, helps you to have a good time. And don't die, you know? It's very, it's very strong to see somebody die. Yeah, it must be. And I I think that I have actually seen some of your videos on TikTok where you like share how you prepare some some drinks or yeah, drinks. Um and well, I, I actually want I to I prepare get... them and I drink them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. You prepare them and then drink them. Um so I, I want to get like into uh the part of 
me not being wrong, sorry, me not being drunk or a person not being drunk and that person like seeing that other people are getting drunk. Maybe they are not drunk still, but they are in the process. How can someone help other people like avoid this, um, yeah, this, these experiences, um, whether they are, whether they lead to the hospital or even to, to death, how can someone help people in, in danger? Well, um, like when somebody, when somebody is very drunk, let's say you're going back to the house and somebody's very drunk, how do you help them? Or how do you, how do you help people not getting too drunk in a nightclub? I would say both, both. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's start with like, let's say you're in a nightclub or in a party with your friends. You're not, you're not drunk, but you can see that your friends are drinking heavily. Mm -hmm. One of the things you can do is, um, well, First of all, if you drink, you have to eat before, okay? So that's going to make the alcohol goes to your bloodstream slowly, okay? If you don't have anything in your stomach and you drink, the alcohol is going to go to your bloodstream really fast and your, your head's, you're going to have a headache, you're going to be dizziness. And, and, and. So you have, to, you have to eat. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very good to drink uh, water between each drink of alcohol, okay? Because that uh, dilutes the uh the amount of alcohol that you have in your in your blood mm -hmm. so what i what i would say is that uh if there is food in the party try to give them food to all your friends you know <laughs> uh try them to make them uh, drink slow okay no no another shot no wait 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 not another shot let's have <laughs> a, a shot of water no hey yeah, yeah. I don't, thank you <laughs> yeah i know you're gonna love me later no but now no don't not not another shot let's have some water or let that or let's have a tweet something to it no the thing here is try to make them um slow down on the on the, mm. on the amount of alcohol they're drinking if you can drink like one or a half, one and a half drinks per hour and you and you drink water you're gonna be okay all night okay you can drink a lot that way and mm -hmm. not do anything stupid so <laughs> that's the first thing now let's say that uh, after the party you go to your house with your cousin and your cousin is really really wasted <laughs> uh, this, this, this thing that I'm going to tell you, some people agree, some people don't agree, but I'm going to give you my point of view. Okay. What I tell the people is help your friends to, uh, vomit, no, to puke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To throw up. Uh -huh. that, what happens there is that the alcohol they have in their stomach, you can take, get it out of their, of their body. Okay. So that way you're helping a lot, the liver, not to metabolize the alcohol because it's going to be very very uh um, uh going to have a lot of work metabolizing all the, the 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 ethanol this person already has in the bloodstream so if you make them puke or vomit you're going to help them a lot and they're going to start to feel better now a lot of people doctors and people say it is not good because when you're drunk all you have all your reflexes uh different or you're like you're like mm -hmm. kind of kind of asleep and you're very slow and they say you can you can aspirate you can uh you can not swallow but you can uh smell no smell how do you, how do you say aspirate your vomit yeah uh, the, the, the vomit go, goes back and into the lungs right right yeah so they say that that's a danger that they have but the way i see is that if you're very very drunk and you go to your bed there's a very big chance you're also going to puke in your bed Mm -hmm. And if you, if you do it when you're, when you're sleeping, uh, like with your head up, 
then you can you can aspire your or you can get that vomit into your lungs and then you die. So I think it's a very good idea to help them as long as they're they're awake. You know, they can talk and they can mm -hmm. they can move, they can walk. Because there's a, there's an uh, when the people is really really drunk, they, you have to carry them. They're they're sleeping. That's very dangerous because they might be going into the uh, into alcohol poisoning. Hmm. Could so, you get deeper uh, into into this part of alcohol poisoning? The alcohol poisoning is when when uh, people have so much alcohol in their in their blood that the um, communication between neurons is starting to cease, mm -hmm. and especially to one part of the um, of the brain that takes care of uh, heartbeat, uh, respiration, and temperature. Mm -hmm. In Spanish, that part is called bulbo raquídeo. I don't know that part in, in English. But um, the impulse from one neuron to another one, it starts to cease. It, it, it cannot go through. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that you just disconnect. The brain is not able to tell the lungs to keep uh, breathing. It's not able to send the information to the heart of, of keeping uh, beating. Mm -hmm. So you just die. You just get, uh, you start to sleep, 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 and, and, and then you just disconnect, and that's alcohol poisoning. That, that's why I tell the people, if you had a friend that is very, very drunk, and you try to wake them up, and they don't wake up, you have to call 911, because mm -hmm. that person, that body, that body is disconnecting. That's what it's telling you by not waking up, you know? Hey everyone, it's Semi again, and this is just a quick reminder that by the end of this episode, I will be sharing with you my biggest lessons from this episode, so make sure you stay until the end. If you are enjoying the conversation and are receiving value from it, it would mean the world if you could share it to a friend or if you could subscribe to the podcast to not miss one episode. And I think that, again, in your conference, you talked about how like mixing drinks and well, mixing drugs with drinks uh, leads to how was it called uh, drink and drinking poisoning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, um, there's not there's no good thing about mixing drugs. And I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I'm talking about mm -hmm. any kind of drug like medicines, because in the United States, mm -hmm. they call drugs the medicines. No. Mm -hmm. Here in Mexico, we call them medicine. Mm -hmm. But uh, all in all, it's, it's a drug. Any particle that goes to your uh, nervous system, to central nervous system, it's called a drug. So whenever you mix drugs, you don't know what's going to happen inside when they mix. So that's, that's, for example, what happened with the roofies that we saw in the movie uh, The mm -hmm. Hangover. Okay, yeah, roofie, uh -huh. it's, a, it's a medicine that they mix with alcohol and makes you forget about everything that you do in a certain period of time like mixing uh, alcohol with cocaine makes your body to generate coquetillin which doesn't exist in your body but it became there because of the combination of these drugs and it it hurts your your brain it hurts every, everything you have 10 more times uh you know your your, your heart starts to go 10 times faster than normal mm. You can have a heart attack. It's very dangerous. 
So mixing drugs at any level, it's not, it's never a good idea. Yeah, actually, again, many people die just when people are like uh, consuming drugs, but drugs as in medications and they like take much of it. Many times they die because of uh, the, the amount they consume. And well, these are like risks uh, that exist because of like physiological risks that exist because of drinking and drugs. But there are also many risks as in your um, in your own safety as, as a person. And in, you know, there are many people who maybe would uh, try to take advantage of you. How do you deal with, uh, yeah, how to, how should someone deal with, with these people who maybe either try to get someone drunk or um, use people who are already drunk? Um, okay, let me, let, me, let me start by saying that um, a lot of times the behavior of the people changes because there's too much alcohol in the brain and there's too much dopamine. Mm. Um, dopamine starts to mess with a, with a part of the brain that's called uh, prefrontal cortex, okay? Mm. This, this part of the front. This part of the brain has to do with uh, to measure the danger to, um, to make plans and to make decisions, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, know, I don't know if you've heard people that say, oh, I'm going to drink because I have, to give, I have to get courage to do that, no? I have mm -hmm. to get a shot because I have to get, have the courage to go <laughs> and approach that girl or do yeah. something. Huh? Uh -huh. Well, it is not that alcohol makes you more courageous, okay? <laughs> it just makes you more stupid <laughs> because now you cannot measure the danger the way you do it before you start to drink. So it's not that you're more, you know, more, more brave. So you, don't, you don't measure the, the, the danger, and then now you do some things that you thought uh, they were dangerous before, and now you think, oh, let's go. Let's tell mm -hmm. my boss everything I think <laughs> on New Year's party in the company. No? And then you lose your job. Or maybe you think it's a good idea to tell the secretary that you've been in love with her forever, <laughs> even though you're married. I mean, like, people start to do a lot of stupid and crazy things because of that, because of the frontal cortex. So... Um, It, the first part of the question could be that uh, why do people start to behave like that? Maybe mm -hmm. that's the reason. And the second part I didn't understand very well is like, how do you deal with people that is very drunk? How do you deal? So let's say uh, that I, that me, uh, that I am in a situation where a friend is drunk and there is also another person uh, who maybe is drunk or maybe it uh, isn't. But that person is trying to take advantage of my friend uh, because my friend is drunk and maybe, I don't know, take him to yeah, even kidnapping or bad stuff, do, do bad stuff with him. <laughs> how, as a friend, how, as someone not drunk, how to help these people that are already drunk and that because they cannot, like, respond properly to the danger, um, are in more risk? How can we help those situations? Well, the first thing is that um, there's a lot of people drugging other people, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. It's very common that people put drugs on your, on your drinks uh, to rape you, to rob you, to kidnap you, to do, you know, bad stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, 
normally what that people is waiting for is for you to be alone. When you are without your friends, there's uh, the moment where they're, they're waiting to attack. So what I say to the people right now is that every time you go out to a party with a group of friends, you have to stay together. You have to take care of one another. Don't let the, uh, any, some of, some, somebody of the group just leave the place because uh, you, if you don't know where, where that person is, you have to find and look for her. Mm -hmm. um, why? Because the only person that's going to help you uh, if somebody else wants to do you harm, it's your friends. Mm -hmm. No, how do you do it? Well, you just, you know, you kick somebody else's ass. Don't <laughs> matter. You call security. You do whatever it takes to help your friend. Yeah. But as long as you're near, you're going to be able to help your friend. The problem is going to be that if you're not near your friend and somebody wants to do, to do harm to them, then they're going to do it because you're not around. So the, the most important thing right now is to be around your friends, to, to make sure where they are, that they're having a good time, that they're inside the place, they're not going out, they're not leaving the place with anyone else. So that way you make sure you're, you're going to take them home or they're going to go home with you. Mm -hmm. But you have to be very, very, uh, you have to be very conscious and, and make sure you know where your friends are most of the time. You know? Yeah, to to keep them safe and to keep the the group safe. Hmm, it is interesting. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, so this this have been some risks that come with drinking, but then there's also another thing that comes with drinking, which is the day after drinking and the the resaca, the hangover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the hangover. Exactly. How how to how to deal with that? How what are some tips or some tactics to like get through it in in the best way possible? Well, uh, okay. When you drink, 90% of the alcohol goes to, uh, your, 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 your body gets rid of the alcohol 90% through the uh, liver, which mm -hmm. metabolizes and converts it into something else. The 10% remaining, you get rid of it, uh, you eliminate it from your body uh, by uh, sweating, uh, urinating, you know, going to the bathroom, and, uh, and through your lungs. So every, any person that has alcohol in their bloodstream, whenever they blow, they're going to smell like alcohol. It's not, mm -hmm. not, it doesn't have to do with your stomach. It has to do with your lungs. Because a lot of people say, oh, I, I'm going to have a, <laughs> I don't know, if I chew a bubble gum that smells very much like a very yeah. strong mint, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, mm -hmm. whatever it comes out of your... That I, that I drank, uh-huh. Yeah, and especially you have a, a drunk face. No, it doesn't matter the other, <laughs> you smell or not. You look like a drunk person. So, um, so um, ninety percent goes like that, and the other ten percent goes like uh, like I told you. But I, I forget the question because I was so yeah. How <laughs> to deal with the hangover? Ah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was I was thinking about the, all these uh, these measurements. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so once you know that. Um, Every time you go to the, to the bathroom the night before, you're not taking out alcohol. You're not getting uh, rid of the alcohol. You're getting rid of, uh, you know, vitamins, glucose, and a lot of things that your body needs. And that's one of the reasons why next day you, you are so tired. Mm -hmm. You're so tired because you're de de dehydrated. 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 You're dehydrated. Um, also, you lose a lot of vitamins. Uh, 
So you you feel you feel like a fish, you know, <laughs> like fish standing out on the in the beach. And also, uh, when you're very drunk, the the REM uh, phase of the of the sleep, you're not able to go to that phase. So you don't mm -hmm. you don't rest. So that's the reason why people, when they wake up, they're so tired. Even though they could sleep like eight or nine hours, you wake up and you feel like 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 you run a marathon, okay? Because you can't you can't you can't rest. And another thing is that alcohol is very um, is very bad to your stomach. And I tell the people, you want to see how irritated it could be? Okay, you can do this someday. You take a sip of tequila and put the tequila on uh, underneath your tongue. Mm -hmm. And try to leave it there for 25 seconds. It's going to start to burn really bad. <laughs> You're going to start to, uh, you know, make a lot of saliva, saliva, uh -huh. dilute this, no? And then you're not going to be able to have it there and you're going to swallow it. Well, that's what you felt underneath your, your tongue. That's what it does to, to the rest of your uh, digestive uh, system. Mm -hmm. system, you know? So... If you drink, 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 drink all night, next day you're going to have your, your stomach and everything like burning. <laughs> so one of the things I tell to the people in hangover is don't eat anything spicy. This goes to people from Latin America because in the United States, they don't like spicy things. And especially when they're hangover, they, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't eat that. But in yeah. Mexico, <laughs> we have the idea that if you eat something very spicy, you're going to feel better faster, which is... Uh, very stupid thing to do because it doesn't help in any level. What you have to do is uh, try to drink something like a pedialite here, like uh, a drink mm -hmm. with uh, minerals and electrolytes and stuff. Yeah, electrolytes, mm -hmm. Try to eat meat, try to eat uh, something with sugar and go to sleep again. So now you can, you're going to be able to rest. Okay. But you have to uh, be patient. It's, there's nothing that's going to make you feel better right away. A lot of people say, oh, but if I have another, another tequila or another beer, I'm going to feel better right away. I say, well, because you're starting the cycle again. You're starting to put, and again, alcohol in your system. It goes to your brain. Now you liberate uh, dopamine, and you're going to feel better because of the dopamine. But it's not, you're not helping your body. No. You know, what you just said, a uh, thought came to mind. Is there like any suggested uh timing to to drink like some moment in the day uh when your body is in a specific state and in which your body could maybe like digest that or, or will met, met, metabolize that alcohol better is that is there like any advice you have there mm, that's a good question i don't think so i think uh, i think that you can drink any any time of the day uh the um, earliest you start to drink is going to be the weirdest, no? <laughs> uh, normally, people start to drink around, you know, maybe at two, three in the afternoon. You're, you're going to a meet to to, a, to eat with some friends. Me, uh, you have wine or something, mm -hmm. and at night, especially people that drinks in the morning, it's not very normal, or not very common. I don't want to say normal or not, because you yeah. can have mimosas, mimosas for breakfast, no? People often drink mimosas for breakfast. <laughs> but I, I think that the only thing you have to make sure is uh, eat before you drink, uh, drink a lot of water, and try to do it slow. If you do it uh, like that, there's, it doesn't matter what time you start to drink. No? 
Cool. That, that's the advice. And you mentioned that sometimes you do get drunk, but in like the context where you can actually get drunk and not cause harm to others and do not harm yourself. Could you get deeper into how you do this and how can people who want to get drunk uh, do that in an intelligent way? Uh, well, for example, um, now, now, now with my TikTok account, mm -hmm. uh, I became very famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Over I go to a nightclub and 50% of the people in the nightclub knows me. And 50% of the people want to have a shot with me, you know, like, hey, Rudy, let's have a shot. I'm like, no, let me uh -huh. leave. So um, what I do those days is that if I know I'm going to go to a nightclub and there's going to be a lot of people that knows me, uh, what I try to do is, first of all, I don't bring a car. Second, I eat very good before, before I start. Mm -hmm. I always have a bottle of uh, water in my hand. And I try not to overreact. Like uh, people is pressuring me and they, they, they're making me have like, I don't know, maybe three shots in one hour. I go like, okay, I'm going to have this last one, but uh, then you got to wait That's for me it. for another mm -hmm. time. And I, I wait for one hour. I, I, I drink water and stuff. And then an hour and a half later, somebody else come here. And, and, <laughs> and instead of a shot, I say, oh, no, let's have a, a long drink. And I have a Cuba, for example. No? Mm -hmm. So I try to... Uh, And yeah, sometimes I get drunk. I'm, I'm very happy. I make a lot of friends, but I'm never alone. I'm always with my, with my wife or with, uh, with friends. I'm never alone. <coughs> and for me, if I start to talk and I start, I, I can't pronounce the R, you know, like, like your tongue doesn't respond well, mm -hmm. then I stop, I stop for good and, and I start to drink water. Because at that level, you're still... Uh, You still have some awareness of, uh, of, of what's going on in your brain. Mm -hmm, But if mm -hmm. you keep drinking, once you cannot you know, feel your, your tongue, if you keep drinking, then, then is when you, you go to the other side. No? When you start to do stupid things, you forget what happened that night. No? And then maybe instead of four in, in, the, in the morning that you stop drinking, you just forget. And there's like seven in the morning. And you, you keep drinking. You, you keep track of how much you've been drinking. And it starts to become dangerous. Mm -hmm. Once, once I reach that point, I just go like, okay, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, follow I, me on TikTok. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. I say, I say, oh, especially I have to be very careful because they can take a picture of me or something. And, and, and it's not nice, no? But, yeah. um, but other than that, I always have to take care of myself and not harm myself or anybody else by my, with my party, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, another interesting thing which you pointed out was that like you sometimes prefer to drink something different, which is drank slower. And sometimes you drink stuff which you just take in a shot. So are there like what you talked about, like the 17 millimeters of alcohol? Does that apply to all drinks, to all drinks, to vodka and beer and uh, wine and all those have the same amount of of alcohol per each um like cup or or yeah like glass yeah yeah well um it, it has to do with the amount of alcohol you're serving uh one beer one shot glass of tequila and uh, a glass of wine they all have the same amount of alcohol okay even though the uh, tequila has 38% alcohol. 
the beer has 5% and the wine has like 12%. The thing is that uh, a shot glass is only one ounce and a half. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, beer is 355 millimeters that I don't remember how many ounces are. I think it's uh, 15, something like that. And the glass wine is five ounces. So uh, more or less, the three of them have the same, the same amount of, of alcohol. So if I'm going to be drinking in a nightclub with my friends, I'm going to count the same one beer or one shot. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I have, I have one beer, one shot, one glass of wine and one Cuba. Okay. That's four, that's four drinks. Cause a lot of people, they don't count the beer. <laughs> they go like, Oh, that was that beer. That beer doesn't count. Well, it counts. It counts like, like if you had a whiskey or, or, yeah. or a tequila, it do count. So, um, yes, yes, yes. They all have the same. Okay. They all have the same. And again, in your conference, you talked about four loco. What about that? Well, four loco, it's a very dangerous drink because it has too much alcohol and people don't know. Uh, In, in Mexico, the can has 473 millimeters and it has 12% alcohol, which is 57 millimeters of alcohol. So if, you, if, uh, if, if a shot of tequila has 17 millimeters and a, and a four loco has 57, well, four loco has like 3.5 shots of tequila, mm -hmm. no? for example. But in the United States, it's even worse. In the United States, uh, the can is, is bigger. I think it's like 650 something. And sometimes it has uh, up to 14% alcohol. Mm -hmm. So 14, uh, that'll be like around 90. 90, yeah. 90 millimeters, <laughs> uh, I think. And that's what a, a whole bottle of wine has. 90 millimeters of pure alcohol. So if you drink a, a can of Four Loco in the United States, oh, you're getting like... Uh, like like almost six shots. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's yes. a lot. Mm -hmm. As you to, said, to the, the shots in, in, in less than an hour, for example, it's a lot. You're going to get wasted. <coughs> like people tell me or people ask me, hey, how, how much uh, I have to drink to forget things? <laughs> not to, to when, I, when I start to forget things that I do the, during the night. And I say, it's not how much you drink. It's how fast you drink. How it. fast. Mm -hmm. Because you can... Let's say this for loco in the United States. If I drink this for loco in four hours, it's going to be okay. Okay. Four or five hours, it's going to be okay, which is never going to happen. Right. But, but yeah. <laughs> but if it does happen, people is going to be okay. But if I drink that same four loco in just one hour, there's going to be so much alcohol in my bloodstream that my brain is not going to be able to connect the hippocampus, which is uh, where you store all the, uh, all the memories. Mm -hmm. So it's not how much, but how fast you drink it. How fast, yeah. And again, here, I, I think it applies the same with the four loco, right? Like uh, drinking water, uh, having, uh, yeah, eating before and, and all those things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You have to make sure uh, the amount of alcohol you're getting into your body per hour. That's, when, uh, uh, that's what's, what's going to determine your... Uh, The level of uh, drunkness that you can of have. Of drunkness. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, you having been uh, a manager of a nightclub, I think that you have been in contact also with the world of drugs, and I would like to ask you some, some, some stuff about those subjects. And the first one is like vapes. What do you think about vapes? What are like the, the risks there? What, what have you seen that people should avoid uh, doing? 
Mm, let me let me tell you something. I don't know very much about other drugs because my specialty my specialty is alcohol. Mm -hmm. I do know a little bit about co cocaine uh, because people normally mix it with alcohol in order to get sober again. That's mm -hmm. what they think. They're not <laughs> sober. They're they're a, they're a, they're a drug drunks, <laughs> <you know? laughs> which is even worse. About vapes, I don't know a lot. Also, I have to investigate because a lot of people ask me about vaping. And I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that it's uh, like two sides of the story. There's people that say that there's no problem. There's people that say that it's very dangerous. And I don't think there's people in the middle. I think either or you're on one side <laughs> or on another side of vaping, you know. So it's very interesting. And I would really like to go to investigate more with specialists on, the, on each area to really know, but, uh, but I know that it's very common right now among, among young people and, uh, it's growing, it's growing a lot. Yeah, it is actually, that was one of the things which I wanted to ask you because many of my, like not, not, not friends from my school specifically, but friends I had from other schools have been like increasing a lot, <laughs> like how they smoke vapes and those things. And I have heard some, I have heard and read some things about how vape uh, creates the like problems in your lungs, um, just as normal secrets and those things. But yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I think it's related to the, the world of partying somehow. But mm -hmm. you say that you know about cocaine. Could you talk about that? What are some tips, what to avoid uh, if people should do it, if they want or if they shouldn't do it at all? Well, the thing about cocaine is that uh, maybe, okay, let, let, me, let me get you this situation, no? You're drunk, you're very worried because you're gonna get home, you're gonna get caught, you're gonna get into trouble. And then some stupid guy with cocaine approach you and say, hey man, you wanna, you wanna get sober very fast so you don't get in trouble in your house? You just sniff this and you're gonna be great in five minutes. Nobody's gonna notice that you, you were drunk. So you're so scared that you think it's a good idea and that you're gonna be able to, uh, you know, to fool your parents and you're gonna, you're gonna get, <laughs> skip the problems, right? Well, what happens with cocaine is that, um, okay, this is very, this is a little uh, specific. Let me see if I can find the words, no? Okay, mm -hmm. from one neuron to another one, when you drink uh, alcohol, for example, when ethanol goes to, the, to one of the neurons, it releases dopamine and goes to the, all this information that dopamine, dopamine has, goes to the other neuron and tells the other neuron, Hey, uh, be happy, dance, uh, smile, you know, have a good time. That's the information, okay? Once that information gets here, the dopamine gets out of the, ne of the neuron and go back to the, to the original neuron, okay? Through some channels, some uh, tubes they have, mm -hmm. okay? So you recycle. All the time we are recycling uh, dopamine. What happened with cocaine is that cocaine uh, arrives and makes the... Um, the neuron here release a lot of dopamine, let, let's say 10 times more. So mm -hmm. the neurons underneath are very, very, very happy. But <laughs> the problem, the problem with cocaine is that when all of this dopamine wants to go back to the original neuron, cocaine blocks all the tubes that, that cut all this dopamine. So what happened with this dopamine is it stays there, floating between one neuron and another one. And then you get more cocaine and this uh, neuron starts to get more dopamine 
And all of this dopamine is not being able to reabsorb from the original neuron. So can you imagine how your brain starts to get full and full and full and full and full of, of uh, cocaine, of, I mean, of uh, dopamine? Yeah. So all, all your, uh, one of the things that starts to happen is that you, you start to be hyper alert. So that's the reason why you start, people can, can uh, see one image again because drunk people see two, uh, two images, you know, because mm -hmm. their eyes are like one, one side and the other. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can talk again. You, you, you start to get more conscious, okay, because of the dopamine that is in your brain because of the cocaine. But that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're sober. In order for you to be sober, you have to get rid of the alcohol you have in your bloodstream. And cocaine do not do that. Mm -hmm. All the alcohol you have in your bloodstream is still there. And it's still attacking your nerves. But now, now you're doped. I mean, that, that, that's, why, that's why I say, in, in Spanish, I say, eres un borracho drogado. Right? Uh -huh. You're drunk and now you're drugged. Now you have two things in one. But people think they're okay. They're not even drugged or drunk. And I say it's totally the opposite. You're just yeah. fooling your brain. You're fooling yourself and you're harming yourself. So... The only, the only way you're going to get sober once you're drunk is by letting your own body get rid of the alcohol. And I'm always very, I insist very much on this, on this matter because there's nothing miraculous that is going to get you sober again. Mm -hmm. There's no, 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 uh, no pills, no anything that's going to get you sober again. You have to wait for your own liver to get rid of the alcohol and it's going to be one one drink per hour that's more more or less going to be the the speed so mm -hmm. and what about the hangover after alcohol and cocaine does it oh, get worse <laughs> i don't know i mean I, i i've never had drugs in my life even even though i i worked for 22 years in nightclubs yeah i i had my my little girls i i didn't want to be a dad involved in those kind of stuff mm -hmm. i like my my job so i say if i want to work in this for a long time i have to i have to behave so uh not not no drugs at all no drugs at all and um i don't know that the hangover with that but first of all not only you feel bad with your physically but emotionally you know when people has a hangover normally they're depressed <laughs> they feel very bad. They, they have a moral hangover that we call in Mexico. Cruda moral, no? A moral hangover. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I can't imagine how you feel when you, when you wake up next day if you did that stuff, no? It's so bad. Yeah, it should definitely be, be tough. Um, and well, really... Um, so I think we have covered all, or well, most of the important things around like how to drink properly, how to avoid physical risks and, you know, social risks about cocaine, about uh, how to deal with a hangover. Um, and one of the last things I want to talk about is like young people like myself. We are my generation is starting to become the generation that is the, the one that goes to parties and to nightclubs and all of those things what advice or do you have in general like to take care of ourselves as let's call ourselves newbies to this to, to this um yeah to this world what, what what do you what would you say there what what do you say to young people uh, 
uh, well, look, uh, first of all, you have everything, all the future ahead of you. There's a lot, there's a lot of things you're gonna, you're gonna leave. You're gonna have, you're gonna go to a lot of parties, but when you start to go to parties, sometimes you want to do it very fast. No, it's like, uh, it's like somebody give you your favorite pie and they say, okay, you but just one spoon now. And then one spoon later, you go like, no way. I'm going to have the whole slice. You know, mm -hmm. I want it all. Uh, <laughs> you want to live fast. You want to live fast because so actually your generation is a generation that uh, likes to live fast. If you want to see a movie, you just ask Siri to play mm -hmm. that movie and you're going to see it like this, no, and your phone. So your generation likes to live fast. My advice would be take it easy. You know, take it easy. There's going to be time for everything. Slow down a little bit. Don't try to get drunk so fast because now <laughs> most of the guys want to drink from the bottle and they count. Like, hey, I can drink all the way up to 10. One, <laughs> two, three, four, you know. I'm like, that's no, you're not going to get anything good about that. You're going to forget the party. You're going to do stupid things. People is going to film you and you're going to be on, on, on social network next day. So uh, try to slow down, enjoy the moment. The, 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 um, the amount of dopamine that you have in your brain when you drink one and a half drinks is very nice. It's relaxing, mm -hmm. makes you happy, makes you, um, no, it makes you more talkative and, uh, you know. Yeah, but, more conversational, social. Yeah, but, uh -huh. yeah, it's good. I mean, it, 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 there is a way, there is a measure to drink. Now, when people say drink responsibly, I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> that's such a very nice phrase. But uh, if you don't know anything about alcohol, how can you be responsible <laughs> with uh, about something you don't know shit, you know? Mm -hmm, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so slow down and try to try to make good decisions and enjoy it. Enjoy it. I mean, and, and try to wait as much as you can to start drinking alcohol because it has to do with your brain. Uh, young people that start to drink between 12 and 18 years old has 40% more chances to get uh, hooked to alcohol for the rest of their life because you change your, your, your brain chemistry. If you start to drink when you're 18, those possibilities go down to 16%. And if you start to drink at the age of 21, like the United States, suppose, uh, it, <laughs> it drops to 10%. So because it has to do... The age of drinking in the United States, it has to do with, uh, with, with your brain because it's more de developed, uh, developed and it's, uh, it's more difficult for you to get uh, hooked in drugs or in alcohol. So yeah, I think, I think that I once heard that like if you start drinking from a young age, uh, again, yeah, the chemistry in your brain changes and like in the future when you're 70 years old or so, you can even develop Alzheimer's and many uh, mental disorders. Is that true? Um, I think I think that alcohol uh, do some things in your brain when you're young, but then uh, if the rest of your life you consume alcohol responsibly and not in big amounts, you can do it all your life without having trouble. Okay. Like my grandmother, she used to drink one or two glasses of whiskey every week. Mm -hmm. And she kept doing it until she was 85 or so. And she was okay. She didn't have Alzheimer or anything. Uh, you never saw my grandmother. My grandmother never saw her drunk. But she drank she, she drink all, all her life. So, 
um, if you if you do it responsibly, uh, I don't think you have any any trouble in your brain. But if you start to drink when you're very young, you don't develop, for example, your uh, hippocampus. You, it's ten percent uh, smaller than the rest. Maybe your prefrontal cortex doesn't de develop the same as, as someone that didn't drink until he was 21. So there's some things that you sh you might get to, uh, in your brain if you drink very very young. But once you're 21, you know you can if you start to drink very responsibly, you can enjoy it for the rest of your life. Yeah, and well, I, one thing I want to mention is that I was telling you about my my grandpa uh, before I hit record, and he is 80 years old now, almost 81, and he has been uh, like he in the weekends or when when I go to his home or whatever, he uh, drinks a beer or uh, I don't know whiskey or whatever. But he, I I have not ever seen him drunk, and I do think that he does it very. Well, yeah, with much responsibility. And that's a, a great example. <laughs> great. That's good. You see, it's possible. It is. You can enjoy everything in this life as long as we don't exaggerate, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And well, just three more things before wrapping up. And the first one is like my, this is going into another subject, but my podcast is called The Transformation Journey. And because of that, my last question usually is like, how do you define and approach transformation? And directed to you, I would like you to, yeah, respond it. Like, how do you approach it in your personal life and in like, yeah, mostly in your personal life, but also how are you tr helping to transform like this, the knowledge that er that there is around alcohol and and the world of partying? Well. Uh, for me, transformation in my life has to do with learning what people is teaching you. Uh, like this pandemic <clears throat> changes a lot, changed a lot of things for all of us. We all had to transform uh, our lives, uh, the way we think, and we're always changing, you know. The only constant in the universe is change. <laughs> That's the only constant. It changed. We're, we're transforming all the time. Uh, we're not the same person now that, uh, that I was when I was 19 mm -hmm. or when I was 25 or 45. I, I change all the time. So in order for me to, to get the most of every trans, uh, transformation is to learn what, what life is showing me and use it for my future. You know? mm -hmm. All the things that I've done wrong, now I know it. No, not, not, don't do them again. All right. <laughs> and that's for me in my personal life. I, I, I'm transforming all the time and I try to learn what life or my own uh, acts have lead me to, to want to, to find out. No. Mm -hmm. And um, on the other side, on the other hand, um, how do I transform all the lives of, of the people is uh, I want them to know that it's okay to party. Okay, I want them to know that alcohol is not the devil. All right, <laughs> I don't. Okay, let me just be very clear about something. I don't know. Tell the people go and drink. Okay, as as, as I don't tell the people don't drink. All I want to know, uh, I want. I'm, I'm happy is that people knows that alcohol is not an enemy. Alcohol is not the devil. Alcohol is gonna be in your life, and it it could be your friend if you treat it. If you treat alcohol okay. And you understand what mo that molecule do to your body, that it's okay to 
to go out, have a party, have a drink. Don't feel bad, all right? But the most important thing is uh, learn about it. Learn, learn about, about what it. you're doing so you can actually enjoy the fullest of that experience every single time in your life. That's the way I want to transform it, no? to make this a more um, a, 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 a world with more awareness of what they're doing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great and inspiring mission. And well, the other two things are really just wrap up things. And they are like, do you, do you want to add anything else? And where can people find you? The, the, excuse me. The where, where, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me. You can send me an Instagram message at my Instagram. It's uh, at uh, Rudy Tercero F, Rudy Tercero F, which is the same as my TikTok. But it's easier if you send me a, a message by Instagram, because in TikTok I have like over six hundred thousand followers, and uh, there's a lot of people sending me messages there, and it's a, it's a world I can't yeah. I can see them all. But in Instagram it's it's less, so I can see them over there. Uh, and yeah, yeah, my Instagram you can you can yeah, find yeah, me actually there. that that was how we how we connected. Um, And well, really, if there is not anything else that you would like to add, I think that has been it for for this podcast. I really thank you for for coming on, and I think the people, or at least I, did find this this conversation really valuable. And I mean, right now I'm not like going to parties or anything really because of the pandemic and all of that. But when things start to get more normal or when Parting comes back properly, at least for me. I think that I will actually apply um, wh what you're telling. I mean, for the next two years, I will try not to drink um, for my uh, brain to develop properly. But if I do, I will do it with, you know, intelligence, responsibility. And I really thank you for, for coming on. Thank you very much. And uh, as I say in every, every interview that I have in TV, in radio, I always say to people, Don't make one party day to become the worst day of your life, okay? Because a party day doesn't have to be the worst, the worst day of your life. You know, a lot of people go out on a party and that day they crash, they, uh, they do something stupid, they, uh, I don't know, they, they ended up uh, pregnant or with a disease. No, and sometimes they remember that day like the worst day of their lives. No, it doesn't have to be like that, okay? Mm -hmm. For me, I want you to have your expectations of a great day to become real. And uh, thank you very much for having me here. I'm happy. Uh, I hope I, I um, answered all your questions. I hope my English was good enough. It was good, yeah. Clear <laughs> and, uh, and thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 33 of the Transformation Journey. I hope you enjoyed it and that it was of value for you. Before getting into my key takeaways and golden nuggets from this conversation, I'd love to invite you to expand the impact by doing one or more of the following things. Sharing on your Instagram story this episode and tagging me as the.transformation.journey, subscribing to the show to not miss one episode, leaving an iTunes review and a rating so that other people can know why to listen to this podcast. Or you can also follow the transformation journey on social platforms such as TikTok, 
YouTube, and Instagram. Check the description of this episode for the links. Now, as promised, it is time for me to share my key golden nuggets from this episode with you. So here they are. Number one, it is not how much alcohol you drink, it is how fast you drink. The human body, on average, can get rid of 17 milliliters of alcohol per hour. Number two, binge drinking is when alcohol's level in the blood starts to rise, getting to the point where you are drunk. Binge drinking in men happens when drinking five or more standard drinks in less than two hours. In women, it happens when drinking more than four standard drinks in two hours or less. Number three, the way to stay all right while drinking alcohol is to drink one or one and a half drinks per hour while also putting food and water into your body. Number four, alcohol affects the brain and its functioning, going from things such as not allowing the hippocampus to develop and store memories to even not allowing communication between neurons, leading you to the hospital or even to death. This last effect is called alcohol poisoning. Number five, once being drunk, there are no tricks to get rid of alcohol faster. You gotta be patient and allow your body to do its thing. Number six, during the hangover, you should be patient and help your body in the possible ways. This includes drinking electrolytes, eating meat and sugary stuff, and going back to sleep. And finally, number seven, the point is not to never party or drink again, but to know how to have fun with these things intelligently and how to avoid things that you can regret. That has been it for this episode. Remember that I love hearing about you, so if you want to reach out to me on Instagram and share what you learned, share some feedback or whatever, do so. I'm happy to connect. Thank you again for listening. Remember to subscribe. My name is Emiliano, and I will speak to you in the next episode.